what is there to say about this movie? No, really, what is what are we going to say about this movie for an hour? We watched Child of Darkness, Child of Light, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all. Everything hurts. Like Charlie horses all over my body. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven. I'm joined, as always, by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm well, Todd. Although I guess we aren't, as always, because you weren't here last month. Uh, you, you stormed off the show after Slapped. You said, <laughs> I, this is... This is my favorite movie, and take- you guys panned it, <laughs> and I'm taking my movie now. I'm going home. <laughs> so yes, a triumphant return <laughs> for Child of Darkness, Child of Light. And of course, uh, Brian the Unipiper Kid, how are you, Brian? Good, uh, celebrating the fact that we have revoked Mark's movie picking privileges. (laughs) (laughs) He is no longer allowed to to come close to the list. Although I I gotta say, I picked the the one that you liked the most and the one you liked least. That's right, and (laughs) and the one that I like the least has probably our episode that I like the most. So it's uh, it's we are working on many. I'm good for ratings. Many (laughs) layers. This is a layered program. Well, there aren't a whole lot of layers uh, to this movie. Child of Darkness, Child of Light, which I believe is a uh, 1991 television movie starring... USA. S- uh, USA. Okay, made for USA uh, movie starring, starring Celia Ward, who is kind of the only person. I don't know if the other le- male leads in this were of note at the time, but they are certainly not of note anymore that I could tell. I'm the only one. It was funny. This happened again. Going through the end credits, I see Russ Fast's name. Yeah. And I think, oh, Russ. And then sure. I'm like, which one was he? And of course, it's just like (laughs) some doctor. And I'm like, well, I'll surely remember the next time that I watch this. Watch it all the way through. See Russ Fast's name in the credits. Still have no idea which one he was or what he looks like. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before too. But uh, when I saw his name pop up again in this movie, I was like, "It's time. We gotta have this guy on the show." And then I <laughs> found out he died two years ago. Yeah, I think we, we just keep oh, re- Groundhog's Day style. We keep reliving the memory that Ch- <laughs> Russ Fast is no longer with us. Um, but yes, he is in that movie as well as another um, surprise guest that showed up in this movie. Um, Brian, did you notice the the um, the not it wasn't a cameo, but there was a, a prominent figure that appeared yep. in this movie. For- and if you remember back when I uh, sent the link to you guys about this movie, I said, there's a surprise with this movie. I'm not going to spoil it here. <laughs> that was that was the surprise. OK, that's what I figured. Now, Mark, I, you, I'm yeah. clueless. Okay, uh, Brian, you vamp for a second. Don't reveal it because I took okay. a picture. I took a screenshot of it, so I will show show Mark. So there is a part of uh, that. There's a lacrosse team right. practicing, and something that. something happens and stuff like that. And for point five seconds, maybe you mm-hmm. see the lacrosse player before it kind of goes fuzzy, and they focus in on the background for something and one of the concerned rugby players do you recognize that man um it um it 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 looks like um what's his name from (laughs) oh you can tell a mile away that Uh, would be brendan fraser from yeah from uh, extraordinary measures (laughs) <laughs> and Encino he Man. He was in this? He was in this movie for 0.5 seconds as rugby player in background. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. So I was... And he was in another scene too. Oh, I missed he, the other scene. He, you remember the scene where uh, the, the uh, sister goes to the basketball court yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. the guy uh, and he tells his friends to like give us a minute and uh, one of his friends he tells to give him a minute was Brendan Fraser. Oh, oh, I thought there was only I see, and minutes. on the second viewing, I missed the Brendan Fraser part. I was like, "Well, what part was he again?" So I went back. But the first time I watched this, I thought, "Is that Brendan Fraser?" And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he was gone and never came back. So I'm like, "Well, 
could surely it couldn't and then right after Russ fast in the <laughs> in the credits at the end brendan fraser so yeah why well, this a, was his there's l- a brendan fraser uh youtube fan page that has a video of just the brendan <laughs> fraser supercut from this movie the supercut which is two seconds long <laughs> that's amazing yeah so i was that was wild and i couldn't figure out so this was his very first credit in imdb wow. was this movie and i'm wondering he had a name he was john's friend uh he was referred to in the credits and so i don't know if he had a bigger part if there was more but i thought it was because then i was thinking well maybe they filmed that rugby part in california somewhere are they flying an actor out to stand in the background in a movie made in portland like you would have to have a re like why wouldn't you just hire a local extras thing you know for something like that right well uh how how long later was extraordinary measures extraordinary was just, measures was he just he, hanging he, out he, he was he got here early <laughs> 20 years later <laughs> well i might as well play some rugby uh yeah so uh, no, that think, was uh, speaking of that though I, I think that uh that rugby match was at reed college okay okay yeah. is that where the the little... boys school or the the whatever nice yeah, it was all wooden inside and like all yeah, beautiful. I, I, I believe so. There were several churches that uh, are like downtown that okay. I, I recognize. Oh, good. Oh, good. But um, well, let's talk. I well, should we? Was... Should we? Let's. I guess Brian, uh, why don't you give us an overview of this movie that apparently is based on a James Patterson book, and I'm assuming it's the famous James Patterson of who also now does children's book like that guy, everybody is. that guy has figured out cause he's branded his name to a ton of things that I don't think he's like, he's the VC Andrews of, of whatever <laughs> genre he is. But yeah, this James Patterson thriller, the virgin the, was, yes. the, was the name of the book. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Provocative, provocative, pulpy. Yes. Oh, you know, uh, van for me for a second while i dig up the uh back of the vhs box okay perfect um so Celia ward is in this movie like i said the the more the most famous person and she must have been established at this point as being um um an actress that that was of note because she was obviously hired as the person that people would recognize and want to get uh want to watch the rest of it with but there was a lot of nice locations up at the at the beginning uh, most notably the Oregon paper mill and, and Willamette falls from above. And so inspired was I to watch this movie again at 1.5 speed because it was such a plot to get out of my house. I actually yesterday afternoon, I didn't know that that upper walk um, that looks down over the falls existed. I thought that was a thing that used to be. And now because mm-hmm. on highway 99 in Oregon city, there's a little tiny pullout that you can, it's like a viewpoint and you can stand there and look at the falls, but there's one way up on the hill above the um, highway. And I feel like this is something everyone knew, but me, but it's like, unless you really make an effort to find how to get there, it's really hard to get there. I guess you can get there from the top of the elevator too, which I didn't realize. But um, so I went to that spot where um, they opened and closed the movie and you can see Oregon Falls and the paper factory and all that. And then later that's when the group of toughs or whatever rough up the one girl to accost her. And I was like, ooh, I'm child of darkness, child of light. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's reenact a scene. Just like every time I go over the bridge, I'm like, I'm going over the Chrome Soldiers Bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought you would mention uh, Celia Ward's other claim to fame uh, with this show. I, 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 she was in something else that I now can't remember the title to. She was Sarah Hardy. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes. That's yes. Right. The haunting of. She was the haunting of. She was the vessel of haunting. Oh, I forgot about that. I, I couldn't even remember. This one even has a more interesting title than a lot of our other ones, but I did not remember it the second I stopped watching the movie <laughs> child of darkness, child of light. So what is the movie well, about? I, Brian? I don't, oh. well, I, I don't know if it's specific to this movie because like I wanted to open this show, like welcoming Mark back and talking about what he missed. But then I spent 15 seconds and could not remember what we had watched. last <laughs> <laughs> I still a oh boy, I guess only because my notes in front of me. Oh, murder COD was the the movie we did uh last month so it was another pulpy pulpy tv movie uh thanks for the people not, on not about the slaying of fish 
<laughs> it was a maritime thriller. <laughs> no, with TV's Patrick Duffy was who was uh, in oh. that movie. So we had a great guest, um, which we're um, we're looking into taking a little tour of his uh-huh. his um, his movie uh, studio. So that will be exciting. So okay, now that yes. we've avoided. I absolutely love that all of these made-for-TV movies have, like, legit uh, Paramount Video VHS releases. It's Um, wild. Yeah. So here it is, the Child of Darkness, Child of Light, official back-of-the-box description. Young priest, Father Justin, has been dispatched by the Vatican to investigate supposed virgin pregnancies in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. The catalyst for the investigation is a sealed letter found at a miracle site promising that a divine child will be born during the last decade of the century. The letter also holds an ominous warning that a child of darkness will try to destroy the savior. Father Justin's reports corroborate the miracle of the virgin pregnancies, but when Vatican officials begin to receive half-crazed letters from the nun assigned to care for one of the virgin mothers, it is apparent that dark forces are at work and that an agent of Satan is in their midst. Wow. I will Good say job. that now that I'm looking at the VHS box, the VHS box art is awesome. It's awesome. Like, I wish the yeah. movie was as compelling. Have you, did you see that? Yeah, right? Oh, like, that's super cool. Super cool. I wish I would have watched that movie. <laughs> this picture has a baby in it <laughs> or, or like a toddler. Our movie didn't have that. <laughs> there were no toddlers. Well. Um, so but, uh, Oregon City in the paper mill, like I said, um, we get, get to see the train station downtown. Uh, we get to see Crown Point and some of um, some of the gorge. We see Skidmore Fountain, which uh, quick uh, momentarily <laughs> stands in for a busy Vatican City street. Exactly. Streets Everyone, Rome. yeah, you can. Can... <laughs> and right. That's not the first time that that area has stood in for uh, somewhere in Europe. Oh, you remember the other time? I don't. There, um, I don't remember the movie, but um, I vaguely remember that they they had to go investigate in England or something. I don't remember. Yes, yes, it was that Nazi treasure hunting movie. Oh, yeah. the Devil's Keep. Yes. Oh, interesting. I'm quickly trying to scan into my, uh, if you go to portlandofthemovies.com slash map, I am looking at my, at my map to see what else was here. So yeah, we've had uh, murder COD was all over uh, Skidmore Fountain, but um, Mm -hmm. a walk in my shoes, (laughs) total (laughs) reality, Todd's favorite movie, a walk in my shoes, what the bleep do we know? And yeah, so (laughs) lots of, always lots of great uh, uh, Skidmore Fountain uh, Let's go back to um, Crown Point Vista House and yeah. talk about that. That was a um, great opening scene and engaging and chase scene and explosions and the whole works. Right. Uh, they uh, pushed two motorcycles off of like Crown Point <laughs> and they exploded upon crashing. That was really cool because the, the couple times we've seen Crown Point, you know, people are using it either to as a stop off on the highway to as they're escaping something or whatever. And this time there was like a full on car chase screeching through there and then hits the motorcycles. And then that was kind of funny too. Like, cause the two motorcycles explode and we see they're chasing this old man who gives very, very much gives uh exorcist vibes yeah. like of um, what's his Max von Sydow in, in exorcist um, goes through this horrific car accident, watches two people explode on motorcycles. And he's like, <sighs> And then a crow lands on his hood and then he like freaks freaks out out and has a, apparently a mental break at that point because he goes away into a mental hospital for, for uh, most of the rest of this movie. So the, the, Um, the school that was in there that we're thinking that, that we think is at Reed college. Correct. I believe so. Okay. I'll have to go. And the waterfront fish market, I couldn't quite figure. They had a bustling fish market in this movie, and I couldn't figure out where that was staged. The the second school, I believe, is Reed. I don't know about the first uh, school. Okay. Well, and this is another movie where, as we're seeing um, people driving through Portland, we get a, um, what does it say? Biscayne Falls, Pennsylvania 
on the screen. I'm like, wow, right out of the gate, they are not in Portland. It's so. not in Portland. <laughs> this movie has nothing to do with Portland. No, and it's weird because, I mean, it, there's not a huge reason that it really needed to be set in Pennsylvania, but I guess back then they didn't have uh, Control F and replace or whatever right. to, to replace this Portland. Is, this with, was written for Pennsylvania. We're going to stay in Pennsylvania. <laughs> the script is locked, I said. Don't change a word. Um. Yeah, so we start off with this exciting car accident, and then it kind of fades out, and then this it starts getting like I. This is another one of those movies where it's not a bad movie; it's just kind of like unflavored cotton candy. How there's like there's some enjoyment as you're eating it, but it immediately disappears, and then you don't want to have to go through it again. <laughs> so like the second viewing, I don't know why this movie more than other was just such a slog and maybe because it's a mystery and you kind of know the mystery, but sometimes like the sixth sense, when you watch the second time, you can like see all the clues and add up and not even that was very exciting, but we get our, I I know why it's such a slog. It's because the second half of the movie is just the first half of the movie, like in replay, they do the same things because he goes to investigate the girl and then she has like the same story with, you know, accusations that, you know, I had sex with her it's the same movie, like that's, halfway through. You, it that's over. really true. I guess I didn't. Yeah. That didn't occur to me that, that it was structured that way. So yeah, the the after the car wreck, we go back to the Vatican. We see a young priest meeting with these older priests. The older priest hand him the secret envelope and says, you know, oh, don't open until the last decade of the twentieth century. It's some prophecy. The prophecy says there's going to be a virgin birth. So the young priest is sent to go investigate the story in Pennsylvania about this girl that is supposedly a virgin birth. So he's visiting this girl, starts asking around, asks, goes straight to her doctor <laughs> and and attends a like he, the doctor is working with a patient. <laughs> That's right. And the priest is just there. Like, there's no HIPAA in this at all. They're there's, openly there's talking just, about a crazy virgin birth, and this guy's just sitting there getting his, like, pulse checked, his ears looked at. and Nancy, check check his vitals. <laughs> Can I'm you stand up and cough for me? Anyway, <laughs> officer, I was... <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, the premise of this movie is kind of creepy. It's, it's totally about just seeing whether these two 15 year old girls have had sex or not proving whether or not these girls are virgins and yeah the the doctor is set up as a skeptic but like is very uncomfortably forward about confirming that this girl is indeed intact intact so much so that he took a sample and found that Go on. Notes. Oh, I didn't check notes. notes. I didn't write down the actual. That was like, even the vaginal vaginal tissue was completely undisturbed. She's never even masturbated before, and it's like, <laughs> can you check, check that? that I don't. No. So yeah, that was pretty uncomfortable. But um, so yeah, the the, the priest is out investigating while talking to the boy that she's been with and is accused. And she looks, I, I, so as you said, this movie happens twice. So we get this whole story. We're investigating this, the supposed virgin birth. Everything seems to be checking out. I forget if Celia Ward shows up before, or she, the priest of the second girl. Priest of the second girl. So the first priest, the young man goes back to the Vatican city and is like, everything checks out. Looks like it's, we're a go with a virgin birth. And so then there's another secret envelope that's like PPS really don't open this until (laughs) plot needs it or whatever it says. And that one shows that, oh, it's not just going to be one virgin birth. It's going to be two virgin births. One's going to be a child of light. And one, a child of darkness. And everyone cheered at the implication. That's where the title came from. (laughs) So now Celia Ward goes to check on this other girl. And I had I had trouble because there's some going back and forth now. But as Brian said, we basically tell that same story twice with this new girl. Celia Ward's investigating the boyfriend of this second girl who is our second kind of quasi famous uh, appearance. Josh Lucas. Did you guys clock that? Do you know who Josh Lucas is? Yeah. 
Nope. Oh, wow. Okay, well, go Google, as I'm telling this, Google Jacques Louis, because you'll totally know who he is. He's in Sweet Home, Alabama. He's like in everything now. So that's what I was exciting. This is one of his very first uh, roles, too. But jo- Josh Lucas plays, oh, and they said it a thousand times. His name is oh. Daniel L. Jordan, or John L. Jordan. Every time he's referred to, everyone says John, John L. Jordan, Jordan every single time. So he plays, uh, Brian, do you recognize him, too? Did you look him up? Uh, I don't think I've seen any of these movies. Oh, well, he is Ford versus Ferrari. I saw. Yeah, most a lot of his big breakout was uh, Sweet Home Alabama, but he's, um, but he's very he's very well known. So I was it was funny to see him in this, but he plays the boyfriend that insists he had sex with the second girl who's claiming to be a virgin, but really didn't. And at one point. Like he's embarrassed because he was impotent when he tried to take advantage of the girl. The girl kept saying no, and it didn't happen. But in store, in in order to uh, keep keep his good name, I guess that <laughs> I did rape. Don't don't say that I couldn't rape that person. Of course I could. Is like his <laughs> hero's journey, I guess. Because at one point he said he's confess he's in a confession booth and he's talking to this priest and saying like. I'm lying. You know, it didn't really happen. I couldn't do it. And then she got pregnant and I just wanted to take the credit. I'm like, what? What What teenager is like, I, I want to take credit for that pregnancy and let everyone know that that's my baby. (laughs) That's ludicrous. I can get it up. (laughs) (laughs) I want to pay child support. Yeah. I want to drop out of high school (laughs) instead of play basketball with, with future star Brendan Fraser. Um, there is one location I couldn't quite, I mean, there's a bunch of locations I couldn't figure out, but the one is where our young male priest is walking at night and he walks down this kind of long, speaking of the exorcist, looks like a long yep. stone stairwell and then kind of under oh, yeah. an underpass where he meets the doctor or whatever. And it's kind of a quick scene. I couldn't figure out why I was there, but I couldn't figure out where that might've been. And I I also wrote down that like, this reminds me of the exorcist. Hey Scott. (laughs) And Scott's like, Hey, you want to have a drink? Nope. Got places to go. That was the entire scene. And Scott was just the guy at that. He was familiar. He, he had been part of, the people being questioned about whether he was like in the kitchen. Okay. So it wasn't like, even the doctor. I thought it was no, no, the no. doctor. No, he was, he was just Scott. <laughs> he was just, he was on his way home from the shoot. And they're like, Oh, we need, he needs contractually. He needs to stay two lines. So they just like walk him through. So the girl's names, I couldn't, I couldn't keep them apart. Number one, cause they both had brown hair <laughs> and one of them vaguely looked like Tia Carrere from uh, Wayne's world, the Wayne's world movie, okay. like kind of a, a lesser Tia Carrere. Oh. And so she's the first and then girl. The other one, the other one looked like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. I can bit. see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I was having trouble keeping them apart and I swear they referred to as Natalie, Kathleen, and Margaret. <laughs> I swear all Natalie, interchangeably. Where, where did you get Natalie from? I don't know. Well, I had just written down, because I was trying to pay attention. I'm like, oh, okay, they just called her Kathleen. So I wrote Kathleen down, and then I swear yeah, this, right. the next line was like, now Natalie. And so I scratched out it. I'm like, well, I guess her name's Natalie. And then lady, later there's a Margaret. But I think Margaret is, Kathleen must be the first girl. Margaret must be the second girl. Uh, no, other way around. Margaret is the first girl. Kathleen. Oh, okay. 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 So, and there's, there's a a big theme of crows in this movie. Yeah. Mark, now as, as a person, as as a friend of crows, that must have hit you hard. (laughs) I was, uh, I was delighted and saddened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, uh, knowing that this came from a book that is probably more well thought through (laughs) than like, uh, birds uh, always, uh, when they land next to you, are like a, a symbol of a message being given. And when it's a crow, it's the message of death or or destruction. Or, okay. Yeah. And so there were a lot of themes about this of like, well, now there's 
pestilence going on and, and the <laughs> locusts right. going on and the the plague. And, and we know about and that because like, at some point there's a TV on in the background and we're watching this wonderful newscast where the actress lady, usually when actors try to do newscasts, it's a little bit off because there's something about news broadcasting that is so very specific. It's like yeah. hearing a, a preacher where you know that they're a real preacher or not because right. you can just tell. But this, the newscaster lady was excellent and she's talking about like a, a swarm of locusts and these floods. And and do you think this, you know, are these signs of the Armageddon? <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's interviewing like this expert guest and she... And she says, now, would you define this as the, as the apocalypse? As the apocalypse. (laughs) That's not a news question. Well, he answered and said, yes. So. Is this the apocalypse? Answers at 11. (laughs) But first, weather. It's going to be 10,000 degrees outside. Fighting the frizzies during the apocalypse. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's so. I thought that was so funny. Would you define this as the apocalypse? Um, there's also a shot. Uh, so we meet when we're meeting the first girl, M- Margaret. Um, she comes from an affluent family. She's very loved. You know, she's kind of teased at school a little bit because now she's an outcast, claiming to be you know a virgin birth. But right. you know, loving family, upper class, all of this. When we meet Margaret, the second girl. She kind of lives in this dilapidated house and she's always shown like walking around like all the trees are dead around her. She's wearing like old like knit cover ups that like kind of how she's just kind of presented a little like less bright and a little. And then so now that we learn, oh, there's a child of darkness, child of light. We're like, well, clearly like the, the pretty suburban girl, you know, wealthy girl must be the good one. This must be the so I thought it was funny how they did tease that the whole way, but she's just apparently living in squalor. I couldn't quite figure out where Margaret was because every time she stepped out, it was like it was like Dorothy's house on the Wizard of Oz, like screen doors hanging off the side and unpainted things. So I I couldn't quite pinpoint, but she's painting. She's like we see a crow jump scare and then like it cuts to Margaret sitting and painting in this outside <laughs> and she's got these huge blunt watercolor things that she's just like uh, uh, like covered <laughs> does an M shape right. and like at like a child would do and she looks at it like super thoughtfully and then goes in for another M <laughs> it looks like I and I am terrible at watercolors and so it looks like something that i did it was so fun and there's like mountain just like drawn on with the watercolor it was so funny but she also lives like near a hedge maze so i didn't know if that was like a real portland thing or whatever it's like every once in a while she i guess it's not a maze but she like wanders all through the hedges because that's where she gets scared with those birds that one time um so one thing I thought was really funny, I, I uh, read this actually in her bio as an actress. Uh, her name is Sydney Penny. Um, and she, several years before this movie, received a letter of commendation from Pope John Paul II for her performance in Bernadette. What? Um, so that's interesting. That was in 1988. Jesus I'm not familiar with from, Bernadette. Is that a, a specifically like religious play of some sort? Or is it just like, and the cast of she, Hello, Dolly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think she plays like a saint or a nun or something. Okay, that would make sense. And and so she gets this letter from John Paul. And then, you know, three years later, she plays the, uh, she, she births uh, the, the son of Satan. <laughs> Wow, that's hilarious. And that's back when Pope John Paul II and like he was he was the mean pope. So like he, he wasn't just handing <laughs> those letters out anywhere. Um, so we're looking at uh, so Ka- Margaret's story is that, yes, she was going out with Josh Lucas. But when Josh Lucas wanted to have sex, she said no. He tried to take advantage of her. He couldn't um, perform. And so he didn't. But she gets pregnant. Um but she's also being was it, is it her or the first girl that are kind of being who gets who that that when all the bad kids show up outside on the roof of the girl's house and are like let's let's do this hilarious yeah. prank where 
I hang myself in a noose from a tree outside of your window. <laughs> that old prank. <laughs> what was going I didn't on? I don't even understand how it was supposed I, to no. work. Yes, because he hangs himself. <laughs> he, right. <laughs> uh, couldn't see that one coming. There appear to be a trick to it. So they, he had, he had a uh, rope around his waist. Okay. In addition to the rope around his neck. But then the the rope around his neck got caught and oh. got too tight. And, and his friends were distracted the, for some reason. Because they were all drinking. All of them were, were just getting sauced up on the roof. Okay. Of the, now that guy's name was Michael. Okay. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote that down. And so he, that must have been Kathleen, the first girl. Because Kathleen and Michael were together. Margaret and Josh Lucas were together. So okay. I couldn't quite figure out the dynamics, I guess, between because it seemed like when I went when I went and played Child of Darkness, Child of Light up at the at the overlook at Willamette Falls, I was remembering Margaret. No, no, no. <laughs> Dang it. The first girl, the, the 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 suburban girl is accosted by her boyfriend and the boyfriend's kind of gang of popular slash mean friends. Yes. And Michael, kind of being the gang leader, tries to like kiss yes. her, gets close or whatever, just kind of bothers her, and then does the fake prank of hanging himself outside the window. So I couldn't quite figure out the dynamic of what Michael was wanting to accomplish or wanting to do. If and and was he claiming that he was the dad of this baby and and. Or was that not the dynamic of this one? Like, I couldn't quite figure out. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I think that uh, he was upset that she was claiming it was a virgin. And, and so he wanted to, like, get back at her because he, you know, wanted to claim So all of these teenage boys desperately want to take credit for somebody else's pregnancy when they're, like, 17 years old, which is insane. <laughs> wow. So the other thing we get um, with with the second girl, who is kind of the the girl shown in squalor or whatever, and when the movie is giving us hints that um, that this is she's the one that's going to be having the child of darkness or whatever, and she lives in a in a house or a convent or something, but there there's like a, a, a nanny lady that works for her family, but there's also other priests there i'm like where is this like a just in an, a hotel they're living in because they're all eating on the porch together and so i couldn't i couldn't make heads or tails of where they were but ida who is this older woman who has helped raise kathleen the second girl since um childhood i guess is always kind of shown in the background. She's always kind of shown to be creepy or mysterious kind of. And she's walking down the hall one day and looks into Kathleen's room and sees the mirror in the corner. And like, there's just flames everywhere or something like that. And so she sees that and then walks away scared. And then that's it. Like it mentions it to someone else only because that other person came in the room and said something. Which was pretty crazy because we're shown Celia Ward is also shown as um, she, you know, both these, both of the priests, the boy and Celia Ward are working for the Vatican, trying to like, they're the, the, the unsolved mysteries crew or whatever, trying to get to the bottom of it, trying to find the truth. <clears throat> and we don't know that. Well, the Celia Ward starts going crazy. Ida, the old nanny starts going like everybody starts to go crazy. Right. Wouldn't a better plot have been? Ooh, I'm all ears. So, so like maybe somebody like Ida or the priest were were like manipulating everybody using something to you know to dupe everybody into thinking this you know bad right. situation, right? Right. And so it's all like carnal, not spiritual, but. Everybody's seeing spiritual things because he's slipping them a Mickey or, or you know, right. hallucinogenics or, or something like that. And then after, and so we learn that reveal and we're surprised. <laughs> and, then, and rewarded for watching a movie that is right. good. That is good. And then the little 10 year old boy has the red eyes and we learn that. It's actually 
spiritual uh you know and right. not just the the carnal and so right you get double twisted when that wouldn't that have been great? Double twist. So, yes. So the second, we see Ward is slowly going crazy. Like, all, she kind of turns on a dime, and all of a sudden, uh, she's been friendly to Kathleen, trying to find the answers. And then all of a sudden, um, and she's wearing uh, kind of a nun's, uh, a nun's habit the whole time. And then Kathleen goes up to her room to tell her something, and Celia Ward, which I thought this is... I thought this was really great is wearing like this really is wearing this black dress that has this like really uh, kind of a bigger white kind of open collar, collar but yeah. it's like a V-neck slit down. So it's like a little seductive, but it's still a little buttoned up, but still has that black with a white collar. It's like, Ooh, that's cool. Cause all of a sudden she's acting different and mean to the girl and backs the girl up against the railing of the upstairs. And I thought was going to push her down, right. but sadly did not. Kathleen runs away and then like in the next scene, everyone at this bed and breakfast is <laughs> sitting down for a, a community meal. So the young, the other young boy priest is there and Kathleen and her parents, I guess. And Celia Ward comes out completely naked and is just giggling. It was kind of really creepy. It's like giggling yeah. and like chewing her finger and biting her lip and the younger male priest gets up and like and covers her and that's kind of the end of that scene and we see another scene where Celia Ward is jealous when she sees the young priest talking to Kathleen and their friendship growing um Celia Ward imagines in her or sees in her head that he's like whispering right into his ear and like licking her kissing and her kissing ear. it which was an extended kissing scene of a of minor's ear. girl by an adult in a movie it was not great but so she's been shown going crazy, and then who wants to take us through the end? Because maybe I'm not understanding what's all coming to play here. I have so many questions about the ending. Yeah, because now, um, now that Mark was talking, I was thinking about it, and I'm trying to figure out, because he gave the alternate, and now I'm like, well, what well, really what, happened? What really and I happened? realize that I don't think I know. <clears throat> it, it, uh, I would say this movie is a, uh, a textbook example of going off the rails <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Uh, so uh, okay. both girls have their their babies, right? Yes. Uh, the the first one has uh, a very controlled, very normal birth. She is literally, which I thought was another great costuming thing. So the first girl, the the sub- nice suburban girl, goes into labor. Her mom is there to help deliver, um, but she had fainted outside. So they wrapped her in some sheets and blankets, and they arrange the sheets and blankets to be like uh the virgin mary very virgin mary and like which is funny when she's being carried in the house but then they lay her in the bed to give birth and the entire Mm -hmm. time she's giving that birth that sheet that's over her head is like still perfectly placed and then they give her the baby (laughs) still there i'm like no pregnant woman was wanting to be covered with a sheet while they're getting giving birth so i thought then i won't look like pieta (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we're shown that far to be like oh this must be the holy the, the child of light that we're seeing so she gives right. birth and then the second girl goes into and, labor and importantly it's, it's it, she gives birth to a girl oh okay child of light. okay yeah because the girls are good girls are good boys are bad boys are um, made of what the worms spice yeah sugar and spice and everything nice boys are gross so so uh, wait I have, I have a religion question yeah. uh so, so the, uh, there's the prophecy of the uh antichrist that you always hear about but is there any kind of prophecy for like Coming, Jesus returning, or, or uh, I mean, there's the prophecy that Jesus is returning, but it's not, he's not, I, I don't think it's going to go through the whole virgin birth growing up thing again. Right. I think the expectation is he is coming on the clouds, <laughs> every eye will see him, like that sort of okay, grand whatever, entrance. yeah, not born yeah, in a barn make- again. This movie was like creating its own. Uh, yeah, and it could be. I mean, it, it, this is obviously they're Catholics in the film, and I'm not super familiar with that. But I, I don't think. And but I think they're getting around it by saying like, and this sealed envelope that goes against everything as Catholics think. So you went specifically we, in 1991. We found, the, we found this in the basement of the Vatican. <laughs> it was it, it was, was misfiled. <laughs> um, so that the second girl is giving birth. And she's put in a special room by herself and then is suddenly missing. Yeah, before she's giving birth. So she's at the hospital and the doctor uh, comes to 
check on her. Now that doctor just, is not the same doctor. No, that doctor is that doctor is it, Russ Fast, which it was, but I couldn't. I still didn't know which one he was. Which doctor? Right. There's like six doctors in this. Right. But he's not the doctor at the beginning who was telling everybody everybody he, he can about no because they're two different girls. The doctor at the beginning was was hmm. Kathleen's doctor, and now right. we're dealing with okay with so yeah that's why there's so many doctors in this. But so yeah, she gets moved to her own private room when then what? And then she disappears. Disappears. And right, then, they go to check on her. Yeah, go to check on her. She's disappeared, and so no, 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 wait, 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 wait. We skipped over something big. Um, so the uh, the young priest that we've been following this whole time, yeah. Um, throughout the movie, at all of these major plot points, the camera usually ends up panning onto a man all dressed in black, wearing a oh, black right. hat, a shadowy right. figure in the background. Right. And then, um, while uh, oh no, I we didn't skip it yet. We're just getting there. So so um, the first one has the baby, and then they all rush to. The second girl, uh, Kathleen, because they want to try and get there in time, um, knowing that she's going to have the baby. Um, and when they get there, uh, I think I might be mixing up. Well, before right, so right before this, oh. right, so we're giving, like I said, the movie is giving us clues that. The one girl is having the child of light, you know, virginal birth. The other one is having the child of darkness because even when the second girl, Margaret, is still pregnant, she's like walking around. Her. The first girl is Margaret. Oh, sorry. Kathleen, the second girl. Dang, nabbit. I'll just call them both Natalie. So when Natalie is still pregnant and like walking around the squalor that they live in, she like wanders out. She hears voices from a barn, goes into the barn there's crows in there and she freaks out. And then there's another point where she's walking through her garden and hears voices coming from the bush and there's crows again. And then she sees her dog that she's had forever. And we get some wonderful dog POV where the dog's going crazy and tries to attack her. So we're being set up, you know, clearly this is the evil one. (laughs) She's in her own room, uh, giving birth. They go to check on her. She's been checked out. And the young priest who, has it been revealed now that the old priest is okay? Yeah. And it said, so this is where Brian was going. Okay. Is there's a conversation between the young priest and the old priest. Right. And, uh, now is that, so yeah, this movie must've been a mess because what I noticed and what I noticed is that none of us know what happened, but also is that when the old priest comes back, um, he snaps out of being at the loony bin, I guess, where he's been decides to not be crazy anymore. And he, all of this stuff is being explained in ADR as a voiceover as they're like driving to where the, the second girl's giving birth. And usually when that amount of exposition is all done off camera with, just someone in a car that you can't see is usually when you're trying to fix story holes and being like, Oh, we need to patch this together somehow. So they have the whole discussion and finally meet up with, um, Oh, before we missed, we talked about Brendan Fraser. Well, finally we got, get to him in the movie because, um, Josh Lucas is finally at lacrosse practice. He's kind of had a confrontation with Celia Ward and, and, and insists that he did impregnate, um, the girl and is still sticking to it. And there's this lacrosse practice that I don't know a lot about lacrosse, but every time they cut to this practice, which was hysterical was all of these people just chaotically running and the ball was always on the ground and they were like pushing it on the ground like lacrosse, like you pick it up and throw, I know it falls on the ground, but you scoop it up. And, but the entire, every time they cut back, it's just a scramble of people like, and the ball rolling on the ground, poking the ball around. And you see this coach and it's just the classic movie coat, like yelling coach or whatever. What are you doing over there? Appears to be standing in the middle of the field because somebody comes up to talk to him. Like all the players are just massing around him. And so we are seeing Josh, Lucas and um, one of the other things that's been happening throughout this movie is that there's been um, not necessarily stigmata, which is the unexplained religious bleeding, but 
there's been like people that will just bleed from the eyes for no it happened to Josh Lucas it happened to the Michael guy right he lost an eye lost an eye they they said oh, oh did you hear about that's right he lost an eye and they're calling it some virus because like when Josh Lucas is at lacrosse practice and Brendan Fraser for a half second goes <laughs> oh my god as the camera passes by him Josh Lucas passes out or dies I guess and then when some families talking about they're like they're yeah yeah what well, it was the virus comic venice virus the venice. Or the, whatever the what was <laughs> whatever it? we the, called it the corona 19 the deus ex machina virus he got um okay so so i remember what it has so so okay. um the the second oh okay so, hold on before we leave the, the lacrosse game Josh Lucas collapses. They take his helmet on off. His eyes are bleeding. He's doing, he's, he's hamming it up without trying to be hammy of doing his big death scene. Moment. This is his moment and he's in pain. And the priest, the young priest kneels down and he's like, am I going to die? It hurts so bad. <sighs> like Charlie horses all over my body. <laughs> There's something about it hurts like Charlie horses all over my body. That made me laugh. That's what he said. So hard. It's like Charlie horses all over my body. (laughs) Maybe I'll use that. I'll I'll drop that that. in. (laughs) So. (laughs) All right. No, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had to had to throw that in. No, no, no. That's good. Um. So yeah, I. I, It is the second girl, uh, Kathleen, who gives birth first. And that ends up being the child of light. And uh, what ends up happening is that Ida, their uh, servant lady, oh, ends yeah. up chasing the girl onto the roof of her house. And it, this, like, it, we've been seeing these premonitions that Ida had been having that this is leading us to believe that she's going to give birth to the son of Satan. So, um, or right, that Ida is going crazy. Right. Or that, I, yeah. Yeah. And so right as Ida is about to um, attack, the young priest sticks his head out the the, the window and he... um, uh, But here's the thing about that that I wondered. So we see Ida freak. Ida at one point is chopping carrots and just starts slicing her own thumb off like right before this happens. And so we're shown that. And so we're kind of showing, and then we, we see Sela Ward. So like as an audience, we're thinking, you know, all of these people are becoming possessed by this thing that's coming into the earth or whatever. So Ida chases, is it Kathleen or Margaret? Dang it. Kathleen. Kathleen uh, up to her room with this butcher knife. Uh, Kathleen goes out on the roof. Ida's chasing her. Then the young priest comes. And I think the young priest backs out of the room and shuts the door without trying to stop anything. Well, so what happens is when Ida and Kathleen are on the roof, the man in black shows up and um, I think he yells up to the roof and he's like, uh, no, not Kathleen. And then that triggers Ida to just like jump (laughs) off the roof and kill herself. It was pretty great too because whatever stuntman they used had to put on like the granny, granny panties. the granny panties and nylons like over it. <laughs> it was all bunchy and weird. But I think right. is that me or you? Yeah, no, that's me. So, but I think before we see that man in black, I swear the young priest op- runs up and shuts the door and refuses. And I was wondering if we were supposed to think he's possessed and in on it. No, no, no. What happens is that uh, the, the young priest then is starting to come out onto the roof and the man in black says, uh, no, don't trust him. He's not who he seems. And that's when he goes back into the room. Oh, I don't know. So do we, okay. So yeah, Ida falls off the roof. I forget how, I forget how that comes to a close then. Does the scene, end, cause um, she falls the, off the roof the, and dies. Is that the where man in black is revealed to be the the priest from the beginning of the movie who crashed his car and went crazy. Okay. And and then he starts to confront the young priest, and it's clear that the young priest is possessed by Satan, and that's why he's trying to kill this girl because uh, he knows that she will be carrying the uh, son of God, I guess. And as uh, the the older priest is is doing his sort of exorcism on the younger priest, he ends up the younger priest gets struck by lightning. <laughs> oh yeah, 
that was literally pretty shocking. I was like, <laughs> I could not believe. Now, Mark, we're trying to trying to watch here. Go to where she chases, um, where Ida chases her up the stairs. Because before they get into their room, I swear that's when he. And I guess we're we're parsing things that don't need to be parsed. So there's Ida, Ida with the knife. Tries to stab her. It, this sequence reminded me of So I Married an Axe Murderer. A hundred percent. Oh, did it? Oh, good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, 100%. I need to watch that again. Kathleen. Kathleen. So I thought the priest came up and shut the door, but I guess not. See, here comes. See? He keeps the mom and dad out and looks possessed and is standing yeah. there without okay. helping. And then, like, right, because he, okay. Ida goes out. So at this point, he's possessed. The priest... The priest wants Ida to kill her. Okay. And then when Ida fails, I guess that's when he was going to step out and take over. Okay. Because then I guess what I didn't realize until <laughs> until just now. So at the end, at the end, Cela Ward ends up kidnapping the second girl from the hospital. Get, helps her give birth in an ambulance, and gives birth and the the. Kathleen, right? Margaret. It's the first girl. This not the second. The second birth. The second birth. The second child. First second child. birth, the first girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh gives birth in the ambulance and like sees the baby and screams, Ah, it's eyes, it's not human, or whatever she okay. screams. Um and then the old priest starts a car chase chasing this ambulance, or I guess it's not an ambulance, it's just a van, one of the old 70s vans with Cela Ward, um, the mom and the baby. They end up crashing, all the cars flip over, gas is spilled, and we see the old priest take a lighter and light the gas, and like everything explodes. Both cars, mom, Cela Ward, mom, baby, priest. Not the mom. Yes. So the mom is in the field. Oh yeah, we do got, find that got out. Got discarded in a field, and the yeah. the uh, that was before the explosion, then before the crash, yeah, or she, she was tossed birth, free from the like vehicle. Yeah, so the so the doctor is with the mom in the field. I'll flag down a car. You go get the baby. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that that whole sequence ends with this big explosion where we're assuming Cela Ward and a baby. Are burned, to death. are burned to death in front of our eyes. Yes. Yeah, but, and then we know, get it 10 years later. It's a, it's a child <laughs> of know. darkness. And I was like, well, should we be happy because it's a child of darkness? Like, yeah. are we still We're like watching Hitler? Burn. I was gonna... It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> so then we get a time jump. Well, and so I guess here's my question. So at this point, we see that Cela Ward has been bad this whole time and is trying. Cela Ward does some great eye work in this movie because when I was watching it the second time, before we kind of see her turn, um, she does a lot of those like gl- <laughs> she'll just be across the room and the, it'll be the <laughs> like a lot of a lot of eye work yeah. to like show the the characters deeper, which I thought was great. But we see. That she is has been bad the whole time, but so now are we to believe that the young the male priest from the beginning is he also bad or was he just temporarily possessed in that moment or was he this whole time that's with Cela Ward? That's what I thought. Like a better plot would be like there's a villain behind the scenes pulling the strings, right? And we don't ever get that, right? We, we just get like. There were bad things that happened to people because of hallucinations. So do that, we think do we think Cela Ward started good and then became possessed yeah. or was her whole plan yes. to get the child of no. darkness? Yeah, no, I, I think she became possessed. I, oh. The young the young priest was evil for a much longer time because um we there's a at one point the doctor asks the old priest, when did you suspect the young priest? And he says uh, I suspected him uh, at the accident because no one else knew that I was going to be at that place at that time. Okay. Oh, well, then that boy. So I, yeah, I guess I just thought, cause in my head, I'm like, well, how, when I was watching it the second time, I was like, well, how much does Cela Ward know and why does she know it? And who is she working for? 
Right. But I guess if she's just possessed, then she's a a good nun that I don't have to ask those questions. She's a good nun. No, you don't need to ask those questions. Okay. Because then, yeah, I was like, well, watching it back, it's not like Celia Ward is setting all these things in motion. Even though she was hinting even before she went totally crazy with all those furtive glances that there was more to. But I guess since the movie itself was trying to set it up as. Yeah, it would have been great if she was like the the roommate to the uh so i married an axe murderer right. lady yeah. <laughs> they both cross paths on the roof chasing <laughs> chasing each other <laughs> that would be an amazing crossover so after after the explosion that we assume Celia ward and the baby and the priest who lit them uh, lit the lighter to get light the gas they all explode fades to black we get a 10 years later and we're at a sunny, bright school. School lets out these third, fourth grade children about Catholic about children. ten years yeah. old, all just dressed as Catholics. Uh, Catholics come out. We see a, a very special girl with blonde, curly hair step out, all angelic. Um, and then, like in the pickup zone, I guess of where they're picking up the kids. I looked down the second time, so someone's gonna have to walk me through what happened there. Uh, it all happened very fast, as they so say, with one, car accidents. One of the one of the teachers, one of the nun teachers, uh, decides to she she looks both ways and 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 she starts to walk across the street. Meanwhile, you see Damon uh, <laughs> and uh, you see Damien, uh, the ten year old child of darkness, Boy, yes. who we thought was dead. Dun, in dun, the, dun. In, and uh, we're like, but his eyes look normal because and when the mom looked at the baby and said, it doesn't have look at the yeah. eyes. And so we're looking for and sure enough, the eyes turn red and we hear the screeching tires as the the nun apparently just walked into the street in front of a car and gets hit by a car and dies. Yeah, but. Child the child of light, of light starts glowing, <laughs> glowing gold. Uh, and uh, I like how it's the evil ones have their eyes changed, but the rest of them get a, like there's different rules for totally when and, you choose your magic. And so she saved the nun with her glowing, that comes back to glowiness. Life. Now, if you can bring up that uh, that accident at the end. So, yes, this happens <clears throat> in front of a right after school there's all these children getting out and so get to the part where the guy who was driving the car so the nun gets hit the guy rushes out there's his red eyes listen to so you're the way he acted about hitting this woman in front of this children is so like It's very low key. So like all these children are horrified looking at this dead nun on the street. And he says, I didn't see her. She just walked out into the street. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you're, that's like gaslighting type thing. It's like, <laughs> I didn't see her. She just walked out on the street. <laughs> was like, you, what you all saw that, right? Right. Right. <laughs> gets out his belt and starts whipping them. Yeah. I just thought it was a very odd response to like such a horrific tragedy in front of children where the kids would be screaming uh, yeah all the kids like, kids are upset but they're uh, like uh, uh, well, you know okay, so, so here's my question yeah um that 10 years later epilogue takes place in boston um which is where the second girl lived um who gave birth to the girl so that means the the uh, boy, the son of Satan, um, A, was, I assume the baby must have been reunited with the mother. And because the priest died at that time, no one knew or no one cared that it was still the son of Satan. So they're just like, here, the mother, take take it back. And we assume that even though she had already seen its evil eyes, that she was just okay to take it back and raise it. And then we also assume that somehow they just coincidentally moved from Pennsylvania to Boston. Now, I I think he got put into an orphanage because they didn't know who the mom was. And 
Uh, so okay, he okay. he spent hopping. You know, the next ten years were really the roughest for him. Uh, in as he was hopping from orphanage and foster care home to foster care home, and uh, a very Annie like existence it, for him. Absolutely, and uh, he he moved down. You know the the. <laughs> <laughs> the it's eastern seaboard <laughs> until <laughs> finally until finally he ended up in boston so, so maybe the mother did think that he died in the explosion totally. yeah maybe and are yeah. we also to believe that do we think that that's at these these two this boy and girl at 10 is this the first time they've used their power or has this mm-hmm, like been a mm-hmm. thing between like every day they get out of school and like the kids <laughs> like, each other across the running some eternal, <laughs> killing eternal strangers and bringing them back to evil. life? <laughs> I guess I never thought about how the two kids ended up at the same school though either. But um, yeah, and you'd think the Vatican would have gotten involved with get, taking the children somewhere or doing something right. with them, but. I guess a lot happened to that ten years, and there just wasn't time to tell the audience. I mean, are we really going to trust the, uh, the the second coming of Jesus to to live on the streets of Boston? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my question now: so the suburban girl that's at the beginning, right? Girl one. Girl one. Harvard. We're led to believe girl one is pure and all that. Does that play out? And she has the child of light or is it a twist? Cause then the if way. no girl. Okay. I was just making sure because I wasn't, I didn't know at the end they gave birth in different orders. So I was like, well, maybe it was just lazy filmmaking that they, it wasn't a twist at all. In fact, it was obvious who was going to have the child of darkness and who was going to have the child of light. No. They, all right. Well, that makes it feel a little bit better, I guess. Captivating. Wow. So, is there anything more to say about Child of Darkness, Child of Light? Uh, for for as much as we made it sound interesting or wacky and weird, <laughs> it was really just boring. <laughs> it really it was. was. Uh, for fans of Portland movies and and seeing old, you know, uh, late eighties, early nineties Portland uh, locales, it was yeah, great, that was pretty great. Yep, yeah. Yep. yeah. Nice, nice scenery. You can also check out that map at portlandlouise.com slash map. I hopefully I'll have this one up. I finally finished like the last three movies. <laughs> there are so much. And I do admit the one the one glaring error is and I don't even remember the name of the movie. It was the Bruce Campbell, Lori Laughlin, uh In the line of duty. In Please the line of oh that, that's right. All of that had I mean, I had a folder like with a hundred and fifty location <laughs> images and I threw it away nice. i was like i can't i can't do this so that's the only movie that's missing from our catalog um and ironically has the most portland in any of it so you'll have to seek that out on your own but but yeah it is a, it is fun with these we these types of movies and it is free on youtube to watch and i mean you could you could do a lot worse for background stuff but i mean even in our Portland of the movies catalog, you can certainly do a little bit better with with one of these TV movies. Uh, the cast was go good. See slapped. Yeah, go watch Slapped again. Just <laughs> here, here's my recommendation: if you're a VHS collector, uh, this movie would look good on your shelf. I was as you were going uh, talking at the beginning about it being on VHS. I was like, I've probably seen this, but it looks so bland that I didn't pick it up. But if I would have seen no. that cover, there's no way I would have passed that up. I would have been right. really pissed that the movie was was what it was way worse than that than that cover image suggests so that's pretty great it'll be interesting to see where i stick the unipiper in that image for our (laughs) for our show image this week so uh speaking of the unipiper uh what what's going on with you how can people keep up with what you're doing um uh conventions are returning and yes. i'm gonna be uh attending along with utah we'll be sharing a table at the uh inaugural uh vancouver comic-con called uh Kuv-Con 22 Kuv-Con? <laughs> no <laughs> no i Kuv-Con. guess as, as i was saying Kuvcon like that out loud i realized it was the wrong choice um, yeah, I'm very excited that, that things are getting back to normal. I was just looking at the pictures that Brian, you and I took of you in the hazmat suit on like March 20 of 2020. <laughs> it was like the last day before the lockdown. And so I'm excited yeah. to, to, 
to see the Unipiper alive and thriving again as things as Nate as Portland heals itself. <laughs> so, um, Mark, what about you? Uh, you can uh, check you out on the <laughs> and Toddcast. <laughs> Yes, one more week of the Antodcast, as I have now. It's like that thing in media. I'll probably say this on the next episode, too. But uh, that thing in media where you are do not take a vacation because there are lots of younger, hungry people that want that airtime and you will not be getting your job back. So <laughs> tell you, so yeah, the Market Toddcast, uh, uh, we uh, when we're not doing this podcast, we're doing the Market Toddcast, and uh, I've been moving and yeah. haven't been involved. And so you've had guest hosts and and uh, yeah, I have my last well. my last guest host on next week. I'll be talking with Chelsea Heath, um, which oh, nice. will be exciting. And then the week after, I'll be on vacation. But we will be back in August, the Sweet. day after I get back from my vacation. So I'm always excited to do those so I can remember in the future what I did in the past. So thank you all for listening. Uh, also tune into Fun Employment Radio. You can find them at funemploymentradio.com. They do a show every day, so subscribe to them, but you can also become supporters club members to get a bunch of behind the scenes stuff. Um, so check them out. We are heard on their network. Other than that, I will take you out with the music that plays over the credits of this spectacular film. We will talk to you guys later. All right. Bye-bye.